You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Farming Your Career Podcast with host Dr. Aaron L. Albert, where we explore a variety of healthcare and pharmacy related topics, including career development, healthcare IT, informatics, innovation, entrepreneurship, STEM, women's issues, and more. Farming Your Career Podcast is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron L. Albert. Welcome to Farming Your Career. I'm Aaron Albert. Episode four of How I Rx Roll is officially here. We have Grigor Abillion, who is a clinical pharmacologist. Now, I'm the first one to admit that I ran kind of screaming from clinical pharmacology and pharmacokinetics when I was in school. They definitely were not my jam. However, you can clearly tell through our conversation that Grigor has a strong passion for this area of pharmacy practice. We go a little further in depth on how he plans and advances his own career. I love his comment about daily, weekly, and annual or monthly check-ins for his own well-being and health. So give a listen to this conversation about how IRX roll with Grigor Abillion. We're here today with Dr. Grigor Abillion. Dr. Abillion, thank you for joining us on Farming Your Career. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So we're continuing our R- How I Rx Roll mini-series on Farming Your Career. This one kind of blew up on LinkedIn, had a ton of requests to be part of it, but I'm excited to have Dr. Abillion with us today because he's got an interesting career background as well. And, you know, that's my favorite question to start with any podcast. So, Grigor, how did you get to where you are today in your career? Awesome. Great question. So uh, my career has been obviously in pharmacy. However, before that, uh, upon graduating high school, I really wasn't uh, passionate per se for any field. So I really didn't know what I wanted to do uh, post-graduation. I had a lot of family members in the healthcare field, whether it be it uh, doctors or pharmacists. And um, I, a couple of my family members owned pharmacies. So I said, hey, how about I uh, you know, apply to pharmacy school? So I applied and, you know, got into Philadelphia College of Pharmacy, and that's where my view completely changed. So going into pharmacy school, I really didn't understand all the different options we have as pharmacists. Um, However, what really striked and changed my career path, uh, I guess I'll start with my professional year of P1. So I did an internship at Johns Hopkins, and after that, I was in the critical care department, and completely loved it. I was like, oh, I want to go into clinical, love clinical, and was set on doing a residency and pursuing my career that way forward. Um, my second year of pharmacy school, uh, the summer of my second year, I had uh, one of my friends did an internship at a pharmaceutical company, so Johnson & Johnson, and she said, um, you know, they pay really well, just do it for the summer. And I said, okay, fine, I'll try it. And that was in global trial management. So, uh, managing the clinical trials, supporting from that perspective. So one day, uh, while, uh, true story too, so I'm washing my hands in the bathroom, uh, and they share the same floor actually as the clinical pharma- pharmacology group at Janssen. So the global trial management, clinical farm, same floor. Washing my hands in the bathroom, 
look over and I see some, um, you know, another colleague staring at me. I don't know who it is. And he goes, you have really nice hair. (laughs) Um, You can imagine me, P2, uh, second year professional student, kind of struck by this. I said, all right, make the best of your situation. So dried up and said, uh, met him and said, oh, thank you. And um, he introduced himself as a clinical pharmacologist um, that's also on the same floor. So he said, we have a PharmD in our, I told him, you know, I'm pursuing a PharmD, I'm interested in clinical. He's like, oh, we have a PharmD in our group who's very strong uh, in clinical pharmacology. Do you know what that is? I said, I have no idea. Um, I'd love to meet her. So long story short, I met her. She kind of presented and showed me what a clinical pharmacologist does in the industry. And I fell in love after that. So uh, it was completely coincidental, which is a lot, a lot of times the case for most people to have that happen. And then, uh, you know, it cascaded into me doing an internship with her the summer later and then pursuing a postdoctoral fellowship in clinical pharmacology, specializing in that and now ending up as a clinical pharmacologist in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, I love that story. So great hair all the way through to your current career. So can you describe a little bit more detail around what you currently do in your day job? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, as a clinical pharmacologist, um, our scope, I would say, is twofold, right? So in general, we integrate uh, basic research, patient-oriented research, population-based research through quantitative, model-based, and mechanistic understanding of disease biology, pharmacokinetics, and pharmacology to inform and predict clinical outcomes. So what does that mean on the granular details? Um, I would say it's twofold. We have we span from all the way from discovery biology to uh, proof of concept, which is usually phase 2A. So in, and designing those studies, informing the dose, um, et cetera, informing what exposure response that we need that pertains to that. And also, you know, the other, other fold it involves um, the special population. So if you imagine a, a drug label, the clinical pharmacology section, you see renal impairment, drug-drug interactions, hepatic impairment. Um, pediatrics, bio, uh, bio comparison studies. So all those special population studies fall into the realm of clinical pharmacology. So we support that and we kind of characterize that into understanding the drug development process overall. Cool. So that's a great background. Um, this mini series kind of focuses more on how you work though. So right. we have some questions for you around that. So what one word could describe your work style or if you had a personal professional hashtag, what would that be? So my pers- personal hashtag and so combining those two would be uh, a passionate drug development scientist. So I'd love to explain that. Sure. So uh, although I view myself first and foremost as a clinical pharmacologist, um, I've come to realize that drug development must be viewed like a web, right? So there's so many functions that go into forming a drug development team, whether it be at clinical pharmacology, clinical development, regulatory, statistics, medical affairs, drug supply, legal, commercial, pharmacovigilance. It goes on and on and on. So keeping that in mind, in order for a drug development team to be effective, each function should tailor their recommendations with the other functions in mind, right? So instead of narrowly focusing on their function overall, I can't keep, I can't think about just Clint Farm's role. I have to think about everybody else's in mind. So a quick example of that is, uh, so the landscape of drug development 
as we know, is leaning more and more towards acceleration. What does that mean? So minimizing the time that a drug goes from being a new molecular entity to a registrational status. Now with that, you can imagine if we have an idea on how to accelerate approval through innovative study design or model and simulation approaches, we have to consider the sentiment of the other team members before proposal. So what's the regulatory hurdle? Can drug supply satisfy that acceleration? Does the team believe that the key opinion leaders in the field will accept the approach? Um, conversely, as a clinical pharmacologist, I need to understand the disease biology in order to bridge to clinical outcomes. So if I need the process to slow down, I, need to, I have to make a scientific case as to why understanding the current gaps are essential and how we can overcome that. So that involves a lot of strategizing and thinking about how other members uh, view the current process in order to accelerate it forward. Yeah, that's great. Looking at the big picture, I mean, even the small minutia of that has lots of different career alternatives. So, for example, even clinical trial study drug, there are people professionally who all they do is manage the logistics around clinical trial drug supply. So I love that you're looking at the big picture when it comes to clinical development. So let's let's talk about how. Let's continue on the how. So can you walk us through a recent workday and what did that look like, starting with when you first get up in the morning? Absolutely. So in the pharmaceutical industry, and I'm sure most people would say this, it's definitely dynamic to say the least. So each workday is different. But a, a key example I can give and what I'm dealing with now is we, uh, I'm part of a collaboration with another pharmaceutical company in the development of a new anticoagulant. So that not only involves considering internal stakeholders, like I mentioned before, but we also have to keep the partner in mind. So we have, um, for example, we have collaborative working group meetings that are sectioned into translational working groups, clinical working groups, and development working groups. And each group has their own agenda, but clinical pharmacology falls into all those groups. So a typical day uh, involves meeting with those key functional stakeholders internally in order to align on our position overall uh, from a working group perspective and then present that position to, our, up the, to the other pharmaceutical company colleagues um, in order to come up with a cross-company aligned position. So within this process, you can imagine involves, um, you know, you know, at my work desk doing analyses to support our position, meeting with key internal stakeholders, external stakeholders. Uh, we, we traveled from um, that other pharmaceutical companies near us. So we have we hold meetings there. We hold meetings here. So it's, it's a dynamic environment where you have to keep your not only your functional stakeholders in mind, but also cross company goals and objectives. Okay, so let's let's talk about outside of work. Do you have morning routines that you adhere to or after work routines? Can you describe those? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So with in, so let me follow up with in, in relation to work or any any routine involved with that. Any routine that's around your own professional development. So so regarding so morning routine wise, so I I have a puppy, so okay. he's about one years old. And every morning, uh, obviously, I need to walk him. But during that walk, that's my time kind of to really think about what's, what's my, my plan. So I go and see what meetings I have on my calendar, whether it's a joint meeting, whether it's um, a cross-functional meeting internally. And I need to prepare myself uh, with the mindset of the other functions in mind and then with the goal of what 
my function and my opinions for how we should move forward um, should go, right? So if, it's, if there's a study design that I have in mind, um, I need to figure out how to say it, how to present that and prepare that presentation in a way where not only the other fun- other members can understand, but support that. And that involves a lot of strategic planning from that end, from the, as you said, the big picture end. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Here's a quick message from our sponsors supporting the PPN QD. If you or your patients struggle with muscle cramps, spasms, soreness, or restless leg syndrome, you're going to want to hear about our non-opioid TheraWorks Relief. TheraWorks Relief is a clinically proven and published locally acting topical solution that prevents and relieves muscle cramps, spasms, and soreness in the legs and feet. In a research study including patients diagnosed with restless leg syndrome, TheraWorks Relief was shown to reduce symptoms commonly associated with accompanying RLS, including muscle cramps and spasms. Muscle cramps are reported as a side effect of hundreds of prescription medications, from intravenous iron sucrose and conjugated estrogens to statins and diuretics. By managing muscle cramps, TheraWorks Relief supports adherence, helping patients stay on important and often life-saving medications. TheraWorks Relief comes in an easy-to-use, fast-absorbing, non-greasy foam that can prevent muscle cramps and spasms with just a few simple applications a day. To learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the healthcare professional link. Can you describe your office setup, maybe at home or at work? Um, for, For example, we've had other guests on the show talk about multiple monitors and how they use those. Do you have any hacks in that realm? Yeah. So a uh, uh, quick background to that. So we have most, and in most pharmaceutical companies, they've adopted the op- open office format. Okay. Uh, so not even the desk itself, the environment that you're in, um, w- what that means is uh, there's virtually no offices from a functional perspective. So most of the clinical pharmacology folks sit around each other stemming from uh, entry-level positions to the vice president. So from that perspective, um, the workday involves not only speaking with colleagues regarding current issues, but also um, having other functions near you where you can, they can come ask you questions. You can come ask them questions and to build more of a collaborative environment. And from the desk setting, uh, as you, as you mentioned, we have, I do have multiple monitors so when I'm conducting, conducting an analysis, um, I have uh, using the data on one end and then the program on the other end and then the protocol somewhere in the middle there and mm-hmm. then use, using those three in order to work efficiently. And I think that's um, overall, I, I view it as a, a, in a positive light and I think that's the most effective way to move forward. Yeah, it's all about data. And and I'm fascinated by seeing how people represent that in their workspaces. So thank you for sharing that. What's your best life or work shortcut? Okay, so so I've I've come to realize that observation and retaining are the most one of the most important things to do initially when meeting a new team. So what does that mean? So whenever I step into a meeting for the first time, I really I tend to stay quiet. And just observe the mannerisms, the reactions, and styles of the cross-functional team members to get a, a, an understanding of how they think, how motivated they are, and their perceptions of my function. So as you can imagine, this is vital for a matrix team setting, right? Although there's an overarching goal of successfully developing a drug that is safe and effective for our patients, 
each functional member has a different mindset in achieving this goal with or without you in mind. So once you're able to understand this, you can tailor your recommendations and presentations to appeal to, appeal to both the asset and the granular intricacies that go along with it. So a quick example here is, so thinking about the commercial organization, uh, they develop what's called a target product, product profile, or we like to call it a TPP. So this TPP contains all the properties of the drug that are deemed to be essential for the success of the drug in the market, whether it's efficacy, safety, dosing, special populations, etc. Now, if I'm making a, a uh, typically, you want a once daily dosing res, re, re, regimen as an example. So if I, may, if I believe through my um, analyses and um, investigation of the product, if I believe that it should be a twice daily dosing recommendation, I have to, uh, usually, utilizing the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics, I have to prove to the team that it's the best approach. And what that involves beforehand is that all the prep work by understanding each of an individual's mindset before going into it. So it all falls into that bigger picture theme that I think is, is very essential. And that could even be applied to other, not even just the pharmaceutical industry, any healthcare setting. If you're a pharmacist, uh, consultant pharmacist dealing with your clients, or if you're a hospital pharmacist dealing with other physicians, nurses, et cetera, you really need to understand on an individual level and you can't really group um, the individuals just by their title is my kind of workday hack. Cool, okay. How do you keep track of everything that you need to do? You mentioned puppy time as a little bit of a reflective, meditative time in your day, but how else do you keep track? So uh, that stems, I, I think that's twofold, right? So professionally and also socially. Um, uh, so from a professional standpoint, in most, in most jobs, especially in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, you have goals and objectives based on both the company and your function that you have to achieve or that you said in the beginning of the year that you have to achieve that by the end of the year. So after completing an important milestone, whether it's uh, FDA submission or whether it's something that, uh, that you, whether it's a dose recommend recommendation or study design that you contributed or led, I, I tend to go into my objectives and match it to the objectives that relate to what I've done, right? So that's very important from a, a professional perspective. But from a social perspective, I think it's I, I have I'm, I'm a daily uh, daily routine either through exercise or the gym. So I, I keep that blocked off um, in the evenings. So I know that I have set my schedule to you know around eight o'clock. I'm going to go work out or going to go play a sport pickup game. So whether or not you know I tend I use that to finish as motivation to finish all my tasks for the day in order to achieve that goal. So really setting the, uh, setting a schedule and abiding by that schedule to work efficiently. And so how do you recharge? Right. So I, I kind of mentioned that. So earlier with spending time with my puppy, so that's the, the, the afternoon or the after work um, walk, right? So that's just me kind of reflecting on the day, uh, hanging out with him, um, oh, either that or at the gym or playing sports. So that's the daily recharge, right? So, and then we have the weekly recharge. Uh, for me, it's, uh, I live in Princeton and most of my family and friends are in Philadelphia. So I go back every week, uh, kind of unwind with them, discuss the week, um, reflect on the week. 
And that's how I kind of recharge from that perspective. And then on a yearly fashion, uh, you know, I try to take a vacation either to, I have other family members in California, so I either try to go there or go out of the country to unwind from, uh, from a yearly perspective. So I think that's important to kind of characterize your quote-unquote recharge in daily, weekly, and either monthly or yearly to uh, make sure that you're working efficiently. Yeah, love that. Love that framework. That's awesome. Um, Do you maybe have a passion project or side hustle or something that you also would love to share? And it could be something that you're currently doing or something that you want to do in the future. Yeah. So for me, I think it stems from the background that I talked about earlier. So I had no idea that PharmDs can go into clinical pharmacology as a career. So I'm, I'm very passionate about educating pharmacy students on the potential of going into clinical pharmacology as a career. So I've given presentations on what ClinPharm is and how we can make an impact and grow in that field, um, you know, at my fellowship at University of Southern California and uh, Philadelphia of Com- at, at my college uh, alum, uh, Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. But my eventual goal is to broaden that to a national mindset. So I want all pharmacy students to really understand that this is a, a key function and key field that we can make a great impact in with our uh, education, our communication ability, and move forward from a national perspective um, to have that as a baseline understanding, maybe a clinical pharmacology class or elective in every school would be an amazing goal to accomplish for me. So what books or podcasts are you listening to right now or reading? Alrighty, so this also involves um, a side, not really a side project, but more of a side passion for me, right? So I would, I'm, I've recently gotten into investments, uh, more from you know a money investing perspective, but also I'm interested overall in the stock market. So some books and podcasts um, that I recommend, uh, more so on the books end. Um, so the T- Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. So that's a very good book. It has a comprehensive history of the stock market, uh, all the way to strategies on how to analyze stocks. And Warren Buffett even quoted that book as the number one investment book of all time. And it's a pretty old book, but all the principles still apply. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's going to teach you the importance of financial literacy, independence, how that just keep giving you that mindset on to to pursue those aspects. And then from a website perspective, actually, if, if people are interested in investments, Investopedia is a very good website, uh, has multiple articles and investment series to learn the basics, and, and they give you different apps and methods of investment from that perspective. Uh, Podcast-wise, podcast that's another way of unwinding for me, actually. I, that's more towards comedy, so okay. such as Rogan, sports, stuff like that. I unwind that way while I'm driving my hour, hour and a half drive from Princeton to Philly. I'll listen to some comedy or listen to sports uh, from that perspective. Cool. So, Grigor, how can people find you and connect to you? So, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I think that's the new uh, business card, I'd like to call it. Uh, So, it has all my uh, information on there. Connect to me that way. I would very much welcome any students, any professionals interested in the as. To be a clinical pharmacologist or as a drug development scientist or any pharmaceutical industry questions, uh, any career development questions. I'm very passionate about teaching students. I was there 
Um, I, for me, uh, you know, connecting it back to my background, I really was in a way lost going into pharmacy school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I can really outline my experiences to students and show them how to find their passion, how to find their career goals, and to go into something that they're going to love for the rest of their lives. Well, with that, Dr. Grigor Abillion, thank you for being part of How I Rx Roll. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of Farming Your Career and episode four of How I Rx Roll. I'd strongly encourage you as well, if you haven't listened to the miniseries, to go back and check out the other episodes. Episode one is with Ashley Clevens Hayes. Episode two is with Kelly Hartman. Episode three is with Dr. Jeff Brown. And of course, we'll have more episodes coming in this great mini series. Until next time, I'm at Aaron L. Albert on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me there. Or of course, you can reach us at Farming Careers. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Farming Your Career podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you have ideas or comments for Erin, be sure to contact her through Twitter. Follow her at Erin L. Albert. And remember to keep your career growing.